morning. I'm thankful that you're here today. You know, uh, I want to just remind you about tonight at uh, five o'clock in this room, our, our chorale is going to be uh, just kind of helping start our Easter season. And so I wanted to invite you to that. And also, um, uh, Passion Week is coming. I'm so excited that we're, um, we're, we're going to be hosting that this year. And it's, it is definitely something I pray that you come and invite someone to because we'll transform this whole place into the, the stations of the cross. And it's just such an incredible way for people to see who Jesus is and what he's done. And, and then I also uh, just want to remind us Easter is coming. And, 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 and I'm, we're going to do three services here. We're going to do one bilingual service in Tulsa. And it's just going to be a, a great day. So I uh, just hope that you're praying for that and, and, and inviting people to that. You, you know, this is kind of something that has uh, driven my life. Um, I, I really believe that, that following Christ is the greatest adventure you'll ever experience. You know, I spent 25 years as a youth minister and before I came here to be your pastor. And, and, and through that journey of youth ministry, I'd often get students that would say to me, uh, hey, you know, uh, church is boring. And I'd be like, what? Wait a minute, Some religion is boring, absolutely. But following Christ can be described in a lot of ways. Boring ain't it, okay? Because when you walk with Jesus, you're led to this, this step of faith, this journey of, of trusting the Lord. And, and you know what? We got to see it last night. It was super cool in my house. Um, there's, a, there's a weird group of teenagers that come to our house on Saturday night, and they do Bible study on Saturday night. And, uh, and it's, so, they're so, it's so fun. And last night, it was really uh, cool because they've been praying for a friend. And this friend came to Bible study, and, and a couple weeks ago, this, this, a group of kids have been praying for her, and she got saved. And, um, and she walks in the door of Bible study and everybody's like, oh my gosh, oh, it's like standing ovation. And it was, it was just cool to see this group of kids that have prayed for a friend, had a burden for their friend, and, and they saw their friend come to Christ. So you look at those kids and you go, oh man, uh, no wonder. They've gotten a taste of what that gospel adventure looks like. No wonder they want to come and, and engage the word of God. You know, look, folks, following Jesus is an incredible invitation for us. And so often people get stuck in religion and, and they miss the fact that God sees us, God moves us, and God invites us to follow him. You know, we're, we're in, uh, as we prepare for Easter, we've been in the book of First Peter, and we'll go back to First Peter after, after Easter, but we've taken four weeks to kind of just turn our face to preparing for the for Easter Sunday. And, and for this, um, and, and so we've been looking, started last week looking at these moments that Jesus told his disciples that I'm going to die and rise from the dead. What's interesting is on, on Easter Sunday, we're going to look at Luke 24. And it's crazy to me because in Luke 24, uh, we're going to look at verse 24, verse 8 on Easter, where the, when, when the women went to tell the disciples that, that hey, he's not in the tomb. The disciples said it seemed like an idle tale. They couldn't believe it. 
And what's crazy about that is, is we, we looked last week how there was a moment that Jesus said, hey, I'm going to die and rise from the dead. Today, we're going to look at another moment where Jesus said to his disciples, I'm going to die and rise from the dead. Turn to Luke chapter 9. And we're going to look at 18 through 27. Would you stand with me? And let's look at God's word today. Luke chapter 9, 18 through 27. And let's look at this interaction. It's fascinating. Verse 18. Now it happened. Verse 18. Now it happened that as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him. And he asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist, but others say Elijah, and others that one of the prophets of old has risen. And then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, the Christ of God. And he strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me in my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of his holy angels. But I tell you, that, I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. And this is the word of the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, now, now what's, what's interesting about the, the Bible, and as you understand how God works, is um, that over and over again, you see in the Word of God how He prepares His people for the future. God always does this. He prepares us for what's ahead. And, and what's interesting, the disciples, uh, and I'm just, I just can't, this Easter, I can't get away from the, the, the fact that Jesus over and over again said, hey, I'm going to die and rise from the dead. Yet, they, they were shocked when it happened. And, and so often, God moves in front of us, and we're, we're surprised. Like, like, for example, have you ever been praying for something, and, answered, and God answered a prayer, and you're like, oh my goodness, God answered that prayer. I can't believe it, Right? Or, or maybe um, you read your, uh, your Bible, and then you turn on the news, and you say, oh, my goodness. Like, this is like the Word of God coming to pass in front of our eyes. Oh, my goodness. I'm surprised. Um, this, this might be worth writing down. It's not in your notes. But for a disciple of Christ, God keeping his Word should be an expectation, not a surprise. Now, let's think about that. For a disciple of Christ, God keeping his word, God doing what he said, should be something we just expect to happen rather than a surprise to us. Now, I realize that not everybody in this room or everybody watching online is a disciple, right? To be a disciple means you're, 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 you're a follower of Christ. You've trusted Christ as your Savior. That's, that's what a disciple is. Everyone who trusted Christ as their Savior is called to be a disciple of Christ. And, and, and you know, as we, we look at, at this, it's my, one of my prayers is that you see Jesus. And one of my prayers is that this Easter, that w- what happens is that more and more people see who Christ is. Because, you know, here's the thing. Even though it feels like in Tulsa there's a church on every corner, the, the, the truth is we live in a world that's full of people that don't know Christ. And God's called us to be a witness. And, 
And, and you know, when you look at this passage, it's, it, it, I want us to not miss the adventure, the, the mission life that God has called each one of us to, that we are called to be uh, men and women who represent Jesus. Like, like one of our core values as a church, we say we are called to be ambassadors for Christ. And we want to be faithful ambassadors. That, that, that means that we represent Christ where we live, to, to people in this community, in this city, in, in, in our lives, in our family, that we represent Christ. And, and this is what I pray. In Luke 9, it's, it's fascinating as you, you look at this passage. And because, you know, so many people in the world are looking for a sign. Oh, I wish I could see a sign for, for God being real or God being present in my life. And, 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 and when I look at my Bible and I read, look at what God has done in the world, point number one is this, that, that the death, burial, and resurrection are the only signs. It's only the only sign the world needs to see. You know, when it comes to your life, look at Jesus. Folks, he died on the cross. He, he entered human history. He, he died on the cross. He rose from the dead. Oh, my goodness. And God's been, been unfolding this story from the beginning of time. And, and it's fascinating to look at the disciples because, like in Luke 9, they, they were watching in real time. This, the, the prophets bring this to pass. And sometimes when you walk through history, it shocks you. You're like, oh, my goodness, this is like a big moment. And, and I get that a little bit, but, but, but you know, the disciples were, were like, they were watching it happen. They, they, I mean, they knew about the prophets, like, like Isaiah, that would, that, you know, Isaiah said when, in Isaiah 53, that he would be pierced for our transgressions. He would be crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we have been healed. You know, they knew these things. And this is what's fascinating is you think of how, how people that saw Jesus, many of them missed him. And you know what? Sometimes God works in front of us and we miss him. And one of the things I pray that we embrace is this gospel adventure in front of us, this, this opportunity that God has given us to follow him. And, 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 and you know, of course we should follow Jesus. I mean, think about what he did. I mean, Jesus entered the world in this miraculous way. And, and, and what's fascinating is you see the disciples living through this time. I mean, they, they, they lived through the time when the Magi, remember those guys? They, they, followed, they, they followed the star. They looked at the signs and, and, and they thought, man, the Messiah's coming. And they, they showed up. And, and what's interesting is the, the Pharisees and, and all the religious leaders, they were right down the street and they weren't looking for Jesus. But, but some people were. The Magi showed up and, and they you, you remember Simeon? Remember that guy? Simeon was the guy that was, was, was in the temple and he was, it was told to him he would not die until he saw the Messiah and he was looking for the Messiah. He was listening to the prophets and he was paying attention and, and then Jesus comes into the temple. Baby, he was like, oh, this is the Messiah. There were some people looking for him. Most people missed him. And and it's crazy to have missed him because, you know, John the Baptist had come and, and, and th there were all these things that, that pointed to Christ being the focal point of human history and, and the only one for salvation. And, and, and you know what? I pray that, that we understand who he is. Let's look at this passage because this passage reveals something so very important. It reveals who Jesus is. You know who Jesus is, right? 
Jesus, he's God with skin. Okay, think about that. That's who Jesus is. Jesus is God in the flesh. God with skin. That's, that's who he is. And that's why uh, we've got to turn our face to him. That's why we surrender our lives to him. Because Jesus entered human history. God in the flesh came for you, for me, and all, all the world. Now look at this, verse 18. Now it happened, and then let's just unpack this passage. Now it happened as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him. And notice this, and he asked them, who do the crowd say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist, but others say Elijah, and others that one of the prophets of old has risen. Now, now let's, let's dig into this. Let's notice something in this passage for a second. And I think it's important to note that the gospel writers, they would often, know, they, they would often highlight Jesus when he prayed. And it's fascinating to, to notice the, the, the power of Jesus' prayer life. So much so that like in like, like Luke 11, 1, his disciples looked at him and said, hey, Jesus, would you teach us to pray? Luke 11, 1 is a fascinating scripture. Lord, would you teach us to pray? I don't, I don't know if I'd ask that question uh, because I'd have said, hey, Jesus, could you teach me that like spit in the mud thing and blind thing? That, that'd be cool. Little, teach me that. But the disciples said, no, teach us to pray. Why? Because I think they noticed the prayer life of Jesus was significant. And I'll tell you, as I wrestled through this passage, it caused me to sit down and evaluate my prayer life. And, and can I just say to you, and I, I say this, try to say this often, that when I get up and preach, I'm not talking at you, I'm sitting with you, okay? But I think let's notice how it, now it happened as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him. Now, I don't know if how that played out, if Jesus is on his knees praying and the disciples are like, what's, what's he doing? What's, he's praying and, and he, then Jesus turned and asked them, who do the crowd say that I am? Now, now we shouldn't miss this, because let's understand prayer for a second. You realize prayer is not just you talking to God, right? Prayer is a two-way communication with God. And I think we see this played out here. Often when we pray, God speaks to us. This is why when we learn to pray, and I'm wrestling through my own prayer life, asking myself, man, Lord, am I listening to you when I'm on my knees praying? And, and it begs the question, we need to think about this, because for, for some of us that, that follow Jesus, that, that know Christ, uh, like if you're really honest about your prayer life, it may be just like, Lord, thank you for this food. And hey, Lord, I'm going to bed now, so I'm... Thank you for the day. That's, those are good things to do. But can I ask you, I think in this passage, we see a challenge here that I don't want to miss. And the challenge is this. Let's make time to sit with the Lord. Right? Because in this time as Jesus is praying, God with skin asks I would argue the most important question ever asked in the Bible. Now, it starts out with that question. Hey, who do who the crowd say that I am, guys? And they said, oh, some say John the Baptist. Some say, you know, the prophets, you know. Some, you know uh, 
Some say just a prophet of old. And then look at verse 20. The most important question in the Bible. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Golly, that's a big question. And look what Peter said. And Peter answered, the Christ of God. You know, this week I had a fascinating conversation that I've just been wrestling with all week. Um, I had a conversation with uh, three Buddhists and a, and a guy that claimed to be a Christian. And, um, and you know, we got to talking about, and I was asking them some questions, and it was interesting um, dialogue. But, um, but, 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 you know, I, I kept asking them, um, tell me what you think of Jesus. And tell me what you believe. And, 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 and we got to talking. They, 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 had a, they, they liked Jesus. But they said, ah, oh, you know, he's one of many ways. And this guy that claimed to be a Christian was trying to explain to me the similarities between Buddhism and Christianity. And I was like, huh, I, I really am struggling to see that. I was trying to be respectful in the conversation. But we were really at an impasse because I was like, you know what? Honestly, uh, I mean... Jesus died and rose from the dead. Who else is like that? Who else could do that? And, and you know, in this moment, I, I tell you, I couldn't get away from this because do you realize that your view of Jesus will shape your life on earth and your life in eternity? This is a big conversation. This is a troubling conversation with me and, and, and what was interesting is I, as we were having it, one of the, the Buddhists said, you know, my, my mother-in-law keeps telling me to look to Jesus. And I was like, yeah, you ought to to him. Look at, look at what he did. And, 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 and this guy that was, as I wrestled through this conversation, this guy that was trying to make it, um, like, show me the similarities, he was wrong about Jesus. And, and, and you know what? It's impossible to be wrong about Jesus and be right with God. That's impossible. And, and this, this question, look at verse 20. Jesus looked at them in this time of prayer and said, Peter, who do you say that I am? Uh, I, we got to just Stop. And, and, and ask, whether you're online or in this room, who, who do you say he is? Who is he to you? I'll tell you who he is to me. He's, he's the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the master of this whole place. The, the only one that can give me hope in this life and the life to come. And folks, let me tell you something. There will be a life to come. There absolutely will. And, 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 and then it's interesting, this Easter, uh, this Easter season, I, I pray we, we see this, that, that, that you know what the Lord does with his disciples? He's doing it here in, in Luke 9. He's preparing them for the future. And, and this is what God does. Um, the Lord prepares us for future challenges and future opportunities. He, he prepares us. 
He prepares us to be his ambassador. He does. And, and look at verse 23. Jesus, in, he, he, Peter answers, right, you're the Christ. So, so Jesus, um, I think Peter spoke for the disciples. They, they were saying, we, we believe in you. We're trusting in you. We're, 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 we're in, Lord. We're, we're in, Jesus. And you know what my prayer is? That, that, that if I can just get in front of you that, that aren't, haven't trusted Christ yet, oh, look to him. Look at what he did. Oh, there's no other to follow. Jesus then says in verse 23, he says, all right, all right, guys. He said to all, if you'd come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now, now we got to understand that, that salvation comes not by, follow, by, by, by uh, taking up your cross, right? Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 is very clear. It says, for it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. I think Peter is making a, a declaration of, of what has already taken place in his heart. He said, Lord Jesus, I see you. You're the Christ. You're, you're my Lord. And that's the first step. And then Jesus says, all right, all right, good. Now I'm going to help you follow me. And he says, you deny yourself. Take up your cross daily. And follow me. And then he reminds them, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. You know, Jesus is saying, look, I'm inviting you guys to this opportunity to, to walk with me, to follow me. And he says, for what is a profit a man if he gains the whole world or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words... Um, and of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. And, and in this moment, what, what's happening is Jesus is opening the window of heaven and saying, look, I'm inviting you to this adventure of following Jesus. And as we embrace Easter, as we look ahead at, at what's in front of us, look, ladies and gentlemen, in 2022, we have this invitation to follow the master of this whole place. And, and, and I don't know, um, when I look at how God is preparing us, I, I look at the, at the, at the news and, it, and it, sometimes it shouldn't surprise us to see God's word unfolding right in front of our eyes. And for many, it's scaring the snot out of them. And there's like, oh my goodness, I think God's word's like coming to pass. It is. I don't know when Jesus is going to return. I don't know if it'll be in our lifetime. I don't know. But here's what I know. When I read my Bible, God moves us to a sense of urgency, a sense of, of, of recognition that, look, the master is coming back. Like, like look, the, the first coming of Christ was expected. The second coming of Christ is expected. And God's going to bring it to pass. And, and, and I'll tell you, I, I don't know if we're among that group in the last days that, that's going to be focused on sharing the gospel. You realize that's our call, right? To share the gospel with the world. To have a sense of urgency. To be witnesses for Christ. Matthew 24 lays that out. You can look at it. But, 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 but you know what? As I look at this passage, God, Jesus is inviting the disciples, come follow me. Don't miss the adventure of following me. And, and you know what's interesting is, um, look at verse 21. This is interesting. Verse 21, he strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one. 
Now, now this is specific to the, the, this moment, right? This is not something you go, oh, well, I guess we should not speak up about this. No, at this moment, Jesus didn't want to, didn't want this, this truth to get out at this time, right? Though it was already the prophet spoke to this, but 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 here's what Jesus had to do. He had to he had to play this out a little bit because he very clearly wanted his death, life, death, and resurrection to be connected to him. And he said, "Look, this is going to unfold right in front of you, fellas. But right now, don't say anything. But don't don't take that to say we're not supposed to." We're supposed to be quiet. We are not supposed to be quiet. In fact, here we are. And it's fascinating as I, I look at how, how the disciples took God at his word and said, and after the resurrection, after they, they realized, oh my goodness, he rose from the dead, they took God's command seriously and started spreading the message of Christ. And, and they were so effective at it. Here we are in 2022, sitting in the middle of Indian territory, talking about Jesus. And I'm telling you, this is the call that will continue until Christ returns. Have you ever heard the name Dwight L. Moody? Do you know that name? There's Moody Bible Institute. Dwight L. is named after Dwight L. Moody. He's an interesting cat. Um, uh, he was a uh, he was an uneducated shoe salesman, and, and he just was selling shoes, and he got saved. I mean, Jesus changed his life. And in his heart began this, this burning call to this, this, this burden to go, man, I got to go share the gospel. He and a bunch of his friends uh, went to this uh, hay field, and they, they were going to uh, get together to pray. And they invited this guy uh, to come and speak. And his name was Henry Varley uh, came to preach came to speak and challenge these guys. And, and as Dwight L. Moody was hanging out in that hayfield, as they were praying, Big Henry gets up and he makes this statement. And I want you to hear this statement. He says, the world has yet to see what God can do with and for and through and in a man who is fully and wholly consecrated to him. I want, you to, I want you to hear this again. This uneducated shoe salesman hears the world has yet to see what God can do with and for and through and in a man who is fully and wholly consecrated to him. And those words, man, they rocked Dwight L. Moody. And he became, ended up becoming one of the greatest evangelists the world has ever seen. And he said, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to give everything I have to you. I'm going to put Luke chapter 9 into practice. And I'm going I'm to give all I have to follow you. You may be sitting there going, well, dude, I do not want to go be an evangelist, Right? some preacher. But, but you know what God's doing for all of us? Yeah, yeah, you're not supposed to run Dwight L. Moody's race. That's his race to run. But, but can I tell you, when I read my Bible and I look at the call to disciples from this moment 
to now. God is looking at each one of us saying, hey, once you get Jesus right, follow him. And you know what? You'll experience the greatest adventure you could ever imagine. And, and, and you know what I see about being a disciple of Christ? That, that discipleship's not a burden. It's an invitation. You know, you and I are invited. We get to follow Christ. We get to serve the master of this whole place. And, and you know what you see in this passage? That, that living as a disciple, it's every day. It's a daily process. It's a step-by-step gospel adventure in real life. And you know what? I, a group of teenagers last night in my house, they, they, they were sitting there and, and you could just feel the excitement when this young lady walked in the room going, one of my friends, she's going to heaven. Let me ask you a question. Who are you praying for? Let's, you know, the Bible says we, we got 412 by them. You know what I mean? First Timothy 412. Uh, I love getting 412 to buy our teenagers. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. They have set an example for us in their, in their speech, in their faith, in their life, in their love, in their purity. And, and, and right in front of our eyes, our teenagers lived out last night an answer to prayer, following Christ. And, and because they've gotten Jesus right, the eternal destiny of one of their friends has changed. What, yeah, give them a hand. That's amazing. What are you praying for? Are you following Christ? Are you following the master of this whole place? Don't miss this adventure. Oh my goodness, don't miss it. You know, you know what's that look like? Real quick, and I'll bring this in for a landing. Five things. Can I just give you five things? These are not in your notes, I don't think. But, but when we look at this passage, you look at the blessing of daily connecting with the Lord. That's what prayer is. Prayer is this connecting with God. It's not some religious act. No, it's the, the master of this whole place where you're, you're not just talking to him, you're listening. And you know what God does often? He asks really good questions when we're praying. Listen, daily connect with the Lord. Second thing, daily engage God's word. This is why it's such a value for us to turn our face to the word of God because God speaks through his word and, and God guides us through his word. His word is a, is a lamp to your feet. It's a light to your path. And, and like we ended in 1 Peter chapter 1 just a few weeks ago, that, that his word endures forever. Oh my goodness, engage his word. You know, also, don't miss the call that Jesus said to his disciples. Third thing, daily serve people. Did you hear what Brennan said today? Oh, don't miss what Brennan got up and said, that, that he said that at the mission a few weeks ago, the, the fifth graders went to serve, and one of our fifth graders came to know Christ as their Savior as they served. But, but look, every, there's so many opportunities to serve. Passion Week is coming. It's an opportunity to serve. Every day we have the, the mission opportunity. Is every, we, we can serve. We have all kinds of opportunities to serve. You know what COVID has done? COVID has kind of rocked the service in the church 
Because um, some people are like, oh, man, I kind of like like hanging out at home. Look, God didn't, as long as you have breath, God didn't call you to sit on your rear. He's called us to get to work. Look, regardless of where you are in life, so some of you have retired. Well, you can play some golf, that's fine, but, but, but come on. We got work to do. There's work to do. And, and my prayer is that we recognize this call to daily serve people. And, and then, you know, when I think about following Christ, we got to learn to speak up every time. You know, God's opening the window of heaven here. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, I, I realize it's a, you know, it's, it's risky to serve the Lord. It's uncomfortable to share the gospel. And, 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 and I know preachers get up and talk, oh, man, I shared the gospel. Like 900 people got saved. I shared the gospel with these four people. And they were like, yeah, no thanks, man. No thanks. I think Buddha and Jesus, they're cool. I'm like, yeah, well, they're not. And they're like, oh, we don't agree, see ya. I was like, okay, see ya, you know. But, but look, we're called to be a witness. I don't want to stand before the Lord, and you don't either, as we stand before the one who saved us and go, oh, Lord, Lord, I was embarrassed. I love what Andy Coleman has taught me, who's a leader in our church, and, and he worked at Voice of the Martyrs in Bartlesville, and he said, man, um, you know, he's so convicting. He goes, you know, and uh, he hang, hangs out with people. He's hung out with a lot of people that fear the fist because they walk with Jesus. And, and in America, we fear the eyebrow. Ouch, right? Come on. There's going to, the window of heaven is opened up here. And we see how we're, there, there's an afterlife. There's a, there's a standing before God moment. Man, I don't want to miss that. And so there are five things, right? I, I think I gave you four. Daily connect with the Lord. Daily engage God's word. Daily serve people. Speak up every time is number four. Let's speak up as a witness for Christ. And, and number five, let's not miss the Easter opportunities that are right in front of us today. Passion Week's coming. That's a great invite to somebody to, hey, walk through the stations of the cross. And, and let, me tell you, let me help you see what our Savior did. The book, the Easter book that we've challenged you to give out. Don't miss that. I mean, there's, there, I think we have some more back there at the back. You can get one. Read it. But give it to somebody. Hey, this is what I, this is, this is what, what I believe about Christ. Man, I, I, look, we're going to have an invitation. Joe, come on up. But as we do, as we move into an invitation, notice verse 27. Jesus says, but I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. You know when the Bible talks about the kingdom of God, it's describing a, a right now. It's also describing a not yet, right? That there will come a day when we will experience the kingdom of God in, like phys- physically and spiritually. We'll experience the kingdom of God. But, but you know what? Jesus, when he came, he brought the kingdom of God to earth. And his spirit started working. And he now has indwelled us. And God answers prayer and moves us to his will.
and, 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 and allows us to join him where his kingdom is advancing. Oh my goodness, that's, that's what, church can't be boring, folks. Following Jesus ain't boring. Following Jesus is this invitation to, to walk with him and to, to trust him and, and to, to, to use your gifts and your abilities to say, Lord, I'm going to join you where you're working and I'm going to look to you. So I want you to think about where God's working, maybe in your family. You know what was encouraging as I talked to these three Buddhists? Here, I was sharing the gospel with them being a witness to them. But it was interesting that this one lady said, you know, my mother-in-law keeps talking to me about Jesus. You know how cool that is? It shows me that, that God's at work behind and before. And, and like when I go share the gospel with somebody, I'm just, God's already at work in that person's life. Right? It's already at work. I love that. Are you serving the Lord in your family? What about your neighborhood? Again, I, I love what Andrew is doing with our students because he's asking them to neighbor in their, in their school, in their classroom, who sits beside you and in front of you and do you know their name? Do you know your neighbor's name? Who's beside you in your neighborhood? Uh, that's another place to serve the Lord. Those you're around uh, in your workplace. Well, like, like what Mike Henry has done in our church with follower of one going on these workplace mission trips. Do you know one of the greatest places for you to serve the Lord is where you work every day? The people you work around? You know, I got to play tennis yesterday for the first time in a year because my knee was hurt. And you know, that's a venue for me to... Uh, there's a new guy I met yesterday I played against I'm, I'm praying for. And I acted pretty nice yesterday. I didn't act like John McEnroe yesterday. It was great. Great day. Thank you. I'm very grateful. Answer to prayer. Um, but, but, you know, God's called us to serve him with those that are around us. Can, can, there's something I'm convicted about. We're going to have an invitation, and the invitation is serve the Lord in your family. Serve the Lord among your neighbors. Serve the Lord where you work and play. But can I, can I just ask this? Is there somebody either watching online or in the room that may feel a call to serve the Lord in ministry, like full-time? Do you know that, that God has a specific calling for people? Like, like me, I'm called to be inside the church, equipping the saints for the work of ministry. Maybe that's your calling. I look at Amber Hudler. She has a specific calling to be inside the church. Uh, Susan Cook, a specific calling to be inside the church. Brad Ehler, lots of us. Brennan? Hey, do you know that we can help you if you have a call to ministry? Oh my goodness, we'd love to help you. You need to ask the Lord that. Can I ask you a, another question, just a thought? Just to shoot across the, put in your lap, if you will. I don't want to shoot you, put, put it in your lap. 
Are you called to the nations? Do you think God might be calling you to missions, to be a missionary? Do you know that right now with our International Mission Board, we have more jobs available globally than we have people to fulfill them? And do you know that if you feel a call to go to the nations, we could help you? You know, I'm convicted to, to start issuing that more often. Because God's at work in the world, folks. And today, Jesus saves. And I'm telling you, the gospel, following Jesus is this adventure. I don't want you to miss Lord Jesus, we bow before you. You are the master of this whole place. And for this Easter, I pray that we would be in the moment following you daily, aware of the people around us, aware of our surroundings. And for Passion Week and for Easter Sunday and and just our work this week, our play this week, our friends, our neighbors, our family, would you use us and lead us? You are our Lord. You are the Christ, the only one who can save. And would you use us in your kingdom? In Jesus' name, amen.